All right, everyone, welcome to this new podcast that doesn't have a name, but the theme is going to be sports betting. We're going to focus on that, and I'm here with my friend Tyler Fabian. We go way back, and they're not on the internet anymore, Tyler. I'll preface it with that, but when I started out in the business way back when I was 12, 13 years old, making millions of bucks, Tyler uh, did one of my first videos with me, and uh, so now we're doing the podcast here together. And uh, we're going to be focused on college football this week. But how you doing, buddy? You got to let everyone know, first of all, who you root for, because it's very important here. You know, a lot, a lot of bias goes into this. Uh, but how you doing? And uh, we're glad to have you on here for the pod. Good to be here. You know, I'm glad to be here, too. But first off, uh, I'm glad those videos aren't on the Internet. You made your millions as you can for them oh. first, because they don't need to be on the Internet anymore. But um <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's good to be here. Uh, my teams, just so we all know, are clear. Uh, since we're talking college today, I'm going to tell you it's uh, Michigan State, and I do have a little FAU as well. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, I, I got a little, you know, because I was always at your house on Saturdays, I mean, Michigan State became default. You know, I'll root for them. I don't have it in my blood like you, but uh, FAU for me as well, as everyone knows here. So last week was week zero, as I just recently found out it's week zero last week. Uh, and there was some decent game. We didn't get the good stuff. This Saturday, we're getting the real Saturday. You know, I saw uh, last week on Twitter, college football, you're not going to have college football uh, without it for until December or January, whatever it is. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to watch this weekend. We're not getting the good stuff until next week. And, and so this week, uh, we have some good games. And uh, a few that you pointed out, Tyler, one of them being Georgia and Oregon. I think this is the game that most people are going to tune into the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, which I'm glad they did it. Uh, for years, Georgia's been this team that's been right at the cusp of winning national championships. They haven't quite done it until last year, and they really put their name in there. Now they got to defend it a little bit. If, if, if they really want to catch up to Alabama now, if we're talking that territory, they need to be a dynasty, kind of win multiple in, in this little run here. Uh, but just focusing on this game and embedding purposes, Georgia and Oregon this Saturday, what you got on it? Well, see, the line currently is at 17 for Georgia, and it is in Atlanta for that Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So it's, you know, backyard, home game, essentially, for Georgia. I'm going to stay away from the line and go the over on the game for itself, um, just because that, Oregon has their new coach and everything. We don't really know how good they're going to be. But, you know, this game could be either blown out, Georgia blows them out, or it could be a close game. So I'm staying away from the line and going to over at 53 with Georgia for this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about the construction of the teams in terms of what the recruiting classes were like coming in. But I do know last year, Oregon had one of the best recruiting classes, and I'm sure a large number of those players are still there. So I'm sure this game is still going to be competitive. But when you look at it on paper, I think most people, you know, defending national champions, it's going to be Georgia in all likelihood. And like you said, they're playing in their own backyard. It's going to be close, but I, I'm, I think I agree with you in, in how it's going to go uh, in this game. Yeah, the, the thing that scares me about the 17, I, like, I definitely think it's going to be competitive, don't get me wrong, but like it's a three-score game, two touchdowns and a field goal at least to cover. But you need that even go even. We, so we need at least three touchdowns to cover, essentially. I, just, I think it's going to be competitive. Georgia controls the game, but – that's why I'm taking the over because Georgia consistently put up 35, 40 points a game last year. So, yeah, and they've, they've got the same quarterback, don't they? Or, or, yeah, they do. They have the same quarterback. So, I, you know, it's, it's similar offense. The defense, you know, it's going to be there as well. I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not going against Georgia on that, but 
If you want to take the line, I, I not take not messing on it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I I remember. I mean, we had the conversation a few weeks ago. It's just like you know, these are good games this weekend, but they're not. They're there for me. Like I, I again, like I see what the line is, and I just look at it, and I no question in my head, it's Georgia. I mean, they they just won the national championship, and Oregon's going to have to do a lot, and they're going to really have to play smooth football under a new head coach. And that's the other factor that you brought up. I mean, under a new head coach to go in and beat Kirby Smart, that's a tough thing to ask for. So if they keep it competitive, that would actually fuel me in picking Oregon in future weeks if they're able to keep it close against a team like Georgia. Yeah, just because we're in week one, I mean, some of these games, even with new coaches and everything, it's a lot of feel-out type deal on how you want to bet. So I'm staying away from the lines in some of those games just because of that and taking more, you know, over-under type deals. Yeah, I'm with you there. And so we got our guys, FAU as well, playing this weekend against Southeastern Louisiana, excuse me, against Ohio. Yeah, we're going back to this yeah. debate. You know, yeah. we had a little bit of debate about who we were playing this weekend before we got on. But you know, yeah. we are playing Ohio. I, I know you said you didn't watch last weekend, but I actually I did watch a little bit of our alum. You know, you know, season ticket holder right oh. here. Oh, whoa! Yes, I, I was in the vicinity in South Florida. I just didn't go to the game. Hey, hey. but anyways, Nikosi Perry. I thought he looked pretty good. The offense looks really good. Uh, the defense itself, a little bit on the secondary kind of worries me. However, I'm still going to take that four and a half on the spread. Uh, I think they cover that and they win the game just because their offense can move the ball. They can score and they put up, you know, 43 points and they could have put up more last year. You know, they always start strong, start the year. So I'm taking FAU with the four. <laughs> I was just about to say that FAU always starts strong. That That's the key. Uh, and, and sometimes it falls off, but. I think a good thing to bring up here, because we've always talked about this. What are your thoughts on Willie Taggart? Is this a make or break year? Because I've been saying this, and I think it's a very uh, convoluted thing, uh, because you look at how he entered the the university, coming in in the COVID year, coming in uh, with Lane Kiffin's fallout roster. A lot of people left when Lane Kiffin left. So you were kind of dealing with a lot of issues that fell out of that. COVID itself was a lot to deal with. And then last year was really his first year to work with his guys. But even then, it's still a little bit of the years past kind of morphing into last year. But the reason why I think this year is important is because this is the last year in the Conference USA. It's only going to get more difficult from here. So if FAU doesn't at least make the conference championship game, what are they going to do in the AAC? And as a university, what exactly did they do to get into the AAC other than Lane Kiffin's run? So I think just for the school in general, they need to have a good year to make themselves more viable and more of a threat in the AFC in the uh, AAC. Well, to that point, we both kind of, you know, alluded to it and mentioned it. Uh, you know, we were at five wins last year, with four games left, and we lost all four games and not even become full eligible. So, you know, that's kind of rough a little bit. We started off strong and we, lost the last four games of the season. That's, you know, what we need to avoid this season. Um, you know, I do kind of feel the same. Like, I'm on the fence about Willie Taggart as the head coach. However, this is our last year, like you said, before we uh, leave and go to the AAC. The only thing in our benefit, though, is Charlotte's coming with us, and we've beaten them in the last four years, and their program can't be seen to be found in consistency. So it's not like we're the only program that has it. However, 
I think Taggart, you know, this is the first year we've seen in a few years where we actually have depth throughout the entire roster. So he definitely needs to show up and win. I don't expect him to be, or, you know, our big game this year is UCF. I don't expect him to win that, but we should definitely compete in that and show that we can play in the AAC at least. Yeah, and UCF is that team that's leaving the AAC. So if they're able to keep it competitive, well, that's the top of the line of the AAC. So if you can kind of float around that area this year and ease yourself into that conference, that's what they need to do. But if they have another year where if they don't even make a bowl, that's rough going in. And 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 that then you're really looking at it's been since Lane Kiffin since this program was at its height. Yeah, I think like we need to at least see eight the lowest seven wins this year just because of where the program was you know going last year with wins just losing the last four games and we were in those games so i i think we should see it we should be hopefully seeing eight wins this year at least yeah and i hope so and in cozy Perrin is last year so when, while you have that quarterback talent i think they wasted it a little bit last year uh he was kind of it, it was never really his fault you know there were some games where he made some plays that weren't the best but I, I announced a few of those games last year at FAU Stadium, and it, it was a lot of team concentration errors. And I think that's when I went on the show last year on Strictly Sports, and I said, that's where I fall onto coaching a little bit because when it's mental errors, that's where, as a coach, that's where I kind of hold you responsible when your team isn't in it in those crunch moments, when they're not making plays in the in those crucial moments. So in some games I called last year, it's like, well, what's in Kosey Perry going to do carry the whole team, you know, but he also wasn't an MVP in that case. He does have to play better, but it also wasn't his fault last season either. Did your connection go up? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think we're both in it. Hit it on the nail for FAU. I don't really have much else to say about it. You know, I expect them to show up and be good this year. I know you have the expectations of conference championship. I don't really expect that just because of where previous has passed. Of course, I want that, though. Yeah. So, no, we'll yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you there. So we also got Ohio State and Notre Dame this weekend. And this is a game that I think is going to be close, actually. And, and what's the line on this one? Uh, I believe the line was, uh, you know, 17, 17 and a half. I think it moved up. My to goodness. Maybe I'll take back today. the, yeah. Should I take back the close statement? <laughs> That's your call, man. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with a similar thing about, I said about Georgia though. I'm taking over on this game just because I, I don't want to touch that line. Um, Notre Dame has their new coach. Obviously he showed up for their, for their uh, power five game and the bowl game last year, but I, I, they have a new coach. What's the system really going to entail? He got a full season with them. Uh, we don't know much about him as his coaching style. So I'm going to stay away from that line and I'm going to go the over because Notre Dame still was putting up 35 points consecutively last year. But then you got Ohio state. That offense was lethal last year. I know that they lost some of the wide receivers, but you got CJ Stroud coming back and that man is motivated to win some games. And you're playing in the shoe at Ohio State. First game of the season, night game. That crowd is going to be electric, I'm telling you. Any, those games can go anywhere from a close game to Ohio State putting 70 on the board. So I'm, I'm taking the over. I expect to put at least 35, 40 on the board, no matter if it's close or not. 
Yeah, no, I don't think I can have a competing argument to that. You know, I kind of, you know, I, the Brian Kelly situation is really, I think the linchpin of that, you know, that they were able to kind of stay in games because they had good coaching. Brian Kelly definitely hopefully left something behind with who's coaching there now. But listen, I mean, Notre Dame, we've always had our conversations about what we think about them. And, and until they really get into a conference, I don't really have as much respect for them as, you know, other programs, maybe, you know, they kind of always have that upper hand in these arguments when you're arguing for the top four and, you know, but when they go and face good teams, they, they get beat all the time. And so I never expected them to win this game, but because of that Brian Kelly mantra, that's why I have that in, in, original interpretation of maybe this game will stay close just because they're well coached, but Kelly's gone now. And, and that's a big regime change. So yeah, home game for Ohio State. It, it's going to go Ohio State's way. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I still think Notre Dame's going to have a good year, and they're going to be good. It's just our first game with this new coach. This is really his second game as a head coach, but his first one with the whole offseason, putting his own his own play into the playbooks and everything. So I, I just I'm staying away from that line a little bit. I do expect it to be kind of competitive, but in a competitive nature where Ohio State's up 21 points throughout most of that game. What about them in the Big Ten this year? Where do you see them? I mean, you got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. I have them as a, I have them as a future winning the Big Ten outright, um, going to the playoffs. I, after that Michigan loss, I think they're definitely motivated. I mean, Michigan was talking a lot of trash about just the win in general, and C.J. Stroud has made comments about you know focusing on work you you definitely hear the rumblings around Ohio State that they're they're motivated to play this year that's a team I I don't care who who you are what your program is if you see Ohio State in your schedule this year I'd be scared oh yeah I mean they're always a threat out there and especially after last year where they didn't get into that national championship game they're gonna have that fire to get back you know this is a program that they, they have been consistent over the last decade plus and they're gonna be winning football games that's for sure but let's go more into your futures here and kind of just we'll go one by one through them and, and talk about it here. And then later in the pod, we'll hit some of those other games that are here in week one, because there's some other decent games. You got Cincinnati, Arkansas that we'll, we'll, we'll predict a little bit later, uh, as well as Utah and Florida. That's a decent game as well with some close bets. Uh, so we'll get into those two games after this. But going to your futures one by one here. Well, I, as I was saying, uh, attack got Ohio State for the Big Ten. I think they'll run through it and they'll win it. I think the only thing I would really be worried about is Ohio State sometimes has this – they get caught in those sleeper games a little bit. Um, but I'm still not worried about them winning out the Big Ten and making the playoffs. All righty, so what about the next one? Oh, yeah, so I do have, you know, Michigan stay homer here a little bit. But Michigan State, you know, they're favored to win a – they're projected to win a seven-and-a-half or betting line for uh, games this year. I'm taking the over on that. Uh, I look at it and, and go in. They got five tough games this year. Ohio State, I don't expect them to win that game. Michigan, they're on the road in Ann Arbor. Um, but they're 2-0 and against Harbaugh. I, I don't – I want them to win, of course. But I just – I don't think they will win it. So there's two games lost right there. But their gauntlet of their schedule is in October. This is when they're playing those two teams right there. But they also have Wisconsin in there as well. I think mm. Wisconsin can go either way. I definitely think we match up pretty well against Wisconsin and we can beat them. At so home or on the road? Lean, 
Uh, I think we're at, we're at home for that one. It's fine. Like, uh, hey, we can beat them a little bit yeah. right before our bye week. Coming off the an Ohio State loss at that point, if you remember last year, Michigan State bounced back against all of their losses. Last year, they usually blow out teams or they they controlled the game and they won it. That's why I have them beat Wisconsin. And then we have Washington. Washington, I think we can beat. That is our week three matchup. However, Big Ten and Michigan State does not travel well to that West Coast. It's just something about the West Coast, man. They don't show up or they show up and they look slum. I definitely think they can win that game. However, that's why I have that in my top five games. It can go either ways. But I expect them to win that one. Our last game of the year is Penn State. We usually beat Penn State on a regular basis. I, I just Penn State usually at that time of the year, they've lost two, three games that they should have won or they got controlled against against Ohio State, blowing them out or Michigan controlling them at home or on the road. So I expect us to go and beat Penn State. That's I mean, at the end of the year, we're looking at a nine and three season. If anything, an eight and four because of that. Five swing games. I think we can win at least two of those. No, I'm with I'm with you. I mean, listen, last year Michigan State was in it with everyone, and they were better than Penn State last year. They were better than Wisconsin last year. They were they beat Michigan last year as well. So this is not like just because you're a Michigan fan, you're saying this. I mean, it, it I, I believe you and I'm with you too, because they have a good football team. They're well coached. I think they're better coached than Wisconsin. I think they're better coached than what Penn State will see. The thing about Penn State and Penn State and Michigan State have kind of been in, and Michigan State's been more successful recently, but they've been kind of in the same bubble of they're always that team outside of Ohio State and Michigan. And, and Wisconsin kind of falls in here too, where those are the teams that are going to challenge Ohio State and Michigan on a year to year basis. Maybe Iowa on occasion, like last year, you'll see them float around for a little bit. But Michigan State and Penn State are a little similar, except Penn State always gets overhyped and then they choke or they lose big games at the end of the year and they're because they're overhyped. Whereas Michigan State, they always float under the radar. And then when they're good, they're like, oh, Michigan State's really good. They're good again. And then they kind of catch that vibe. Last year, they were in it to the end. And, you know, if I remember correctly, this is last year or the year before, but they were in it with even the college football playoff scenario. If certain things, it was a long shot, one of those 2% scenarios, but right up to those final two or three weeks, they were in it. If, you know, option a happens, option B happens, then Michigan state gets in, but they've got a good football team. Kenneth is Walker gone now. Did he get drafted? Yeah. He's at yeah. Seattle now in the yeah. pros, but the thing is for me, Mel Tucker's, I think Penn state, Michigan state got a very similar program. I just look at it when we're scheduled to play them the end of the season penn state usually is starting to check out by that time right. about you know if they're out eight, of it they're nine, done. When, exactly when, when they lose those one two games they start checking out that's the consistency with it but you look at mel tucker and what he's done there he's a great motivator he's been there for this is his third season the first season was a little bit disastrous because of covid but last year man he showed he could play this offseason he's like killed the recruiting transfer portal he, they, they might have, you know, lost Kenneth Walker, but, man, they have gained some weapons in the wide receiver room. They've even ha- got some new running backs and running backs returning from last year. The defense has stepped up with some corners coming in. I, I, I just expect them to have a good year this year because of that. Yeah, and we know Michigan State. They're always going to produce running backs, not always the NFL type, but they always have college running backs that can produce. We know that for sure, so I'm not really ever worried about that. With Michigan, it's important to keep it on the ground in the Big Ten. 
Um, but also I want to harken back to what you said about them in Washington too. It, it's true about the Big Ten going out to face the Pac-12 because even though maybe Big Ten's inferior to the back the Pac-10 uh, or the Pac-12, excuse me, uh, you still have to go out there and play defense. The Pac-12 plays a really tight defensive game, so you can't go out there and sleep because it's not like you can go out there and, and easily score 35 points against a Pac-12 team. So that's why you still have to play your game, even though you kind of go in and you're like, well, we should be better than them. We should win this game, but we still got to play tight here. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Washington's got a new coach and everything, but that still doesn't – that doesn't give them the, you know – that doesn't, you know, give the chance away that Michigan State should just automatically win this game. Like, you're, you're traveling out to the West Coast and Seattle and everything to play this game. It's three-hour time change and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have USC and UCLA who's, you know, supposed to join the Big Ten in the next few years. We got to get used to the, to the yeah. travel out in the West Coast. So, yeah, I, I expect Mel Tucker to set that standard that, that you know, hey, we're going to be traveling to the West Coast on a regular basis every now and then. We're showing up week three and we're going to win this game. Hey, I'm with you there. And, and as far as, by the way, if Michigan will be Michigan, uh, Michigan State will beat Michigan on the road. I, I they always have the vibes, dude. That like Jim Harbaugh chokes against Michigan State. I, I once we get to that time, I honestly feel like Michigan Michigan State could run away with that. I mean, you know, Michigan's going to hey. be better than them once we get there. They're going to be the the favored team, but they always have that magic in Ann Arbor. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, if you Think about it this way: how it was told to me, how I heard about it. Uh, actually, in the last twelve years or so, when the D'Antonio era started, as long as State had a good competitive team, doesn't matter how good we actually are. The year we can be six and six, seven and five, but we're competitive. They beat Michigan every single year of those games. <laughs> we've we've lost, I don't know, two or three times to them in the last 10, 10 years or so. Yeah, so, and, and you. And I mean, by the way, just for everyone to know, every year you say they're not going to win the game. <laughs> hey i'm not doing one of those things right now but like <laughs> i i just i just think you know tucker's got two and oh on him harbaugh you know he, he he calmed the noise a little bit against ohio state definitely he's definitely got to prove it again this year um, don't get me wrong but bell tucker keeps beating him that noise and that seat's going to get hot again so i, I think i think michigan at ann arbor this it, it's just a good chance for them to win this game yeah I, i'm with you so what's your next one so my next one, we're actually going to go over to the SEC. Um, we're going to be super bold here in a little bit. Kansas. I know they're considered more of a basketball program, but we're going to talk about them for football here for Whoa. a second. I know. I know. Give me uh, a second. Got to get the research finder so out. <laughs> hey, hey, that's, this is the only thing I was good at researching with in college was uh, sports. So. <laughs> Let, let's count on this a little bit. So uh, Kansas, the Jayhawks, you know, they're projected to win 2.5 games in, in the betting world. I know you can't win a half game here, but I'm taking the over on this just because they had they had a strong end to their season last year. I just think that they're going to come in. This is more. This is one's more of a gut feeling. They're going to come in and they're going to win three games. We're taking. I'm not going crazy that they're going to win, you know, five games or something, but they're definitely winning more than two and a half. So. Hey, that's a new segment on the pod, Kansas Jayhawk Watch. That that's the first thing we're gonna do every episode, Kansas Jayhawk Watch. Hey, if Kansas if Kansas ends up winning their three games and this pulls out, I I expect they, you know, buy me a Kansas shirt and I'll rep I'll rep them probably. Oh my gosh! Oh man, what, what's so your next one? 
Oh, we don't want to go into this. Okay, oh, that's fine, cool. fine. Yeah. Just, just tell you did some research, so we'll go into it. We'll... <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. We'll keep this in our segment every week. You know, I'll, I'll pull up the research then. There we go. We'll just leave it at Kansas is winning two and a half. My next one is uh, we're gonna go SEC. I, I said SEC, but Kansas is in Big Twelve. I got ahead of myself. The SEC is um, Florida. Projected to win seven games. However, I'm gonna take the under on them for sure. And hear me out on this. I think four games are guaranteed losses from them. Utah, because they're projected to be a top dog in the Big 12. Uh, Potential playoff hopes. Pac-12, my bad, sorry. I was thinking Big 12 again. (laughs) But yeah, Utah, they're projected to win, you know, potential college football playoffs. They're playing them week one. I don't expect Utah to lose that game at all. Georgia. We were talking about it. Georgia's the dogs, right? Right now, they are top dogs. They want to prove that they can be the real top dog against Alabama. So they expect themselves to be in the SEC championship and the playoffs this year. I don't see Georgia losing the Florida. Florida's got a new coach, new system. Georgia's just, a, they're at another level right now. And then you got Texas A&M. Texas A&M, I, I think they got a little bit, they need to prove themselves a little bit out there. Don't get me wrong, but they recruit really well. They still got Jimbo. I, I think Jimbo's got a little – I'm a little on, you know, fence about Jimbo itself, but a and I think that's a guaranteed loss against them as well. And then LSU, LSU right here. They did get Brian Kelly. I know, I know it's Brian Kelly and it's a new coach, and we've been talking about new coaches and systems, but this is Brian Kelly who's come from Notre Dame. Notre Dame who's, you know, recruiting. They do the academic recruiting. He's at LSU now. LSU recruits for itself. LSU's got talent. I mean, they got talent from anywhere and everywhere. You just look left and right, and you got some new running backs. So um, I, I think I think Brian Kelly's going to set the standard for LSU, and they're going to have a good team this year, be competitive. I don't expect them to be great, but I expect them to have a good year this year, a good solid year and foundation. So LSU, that's a loss. There's four losses right there. Now we got Kentucky. Kentucky, apparently, they got a decent football program. So we had a little bit of an interruption there. The power went out on on uh, Tyler's end, not my fault. And uh, so we were in the middle of talking about Kentucky. Uh, and, and I had said that they were a top 15 team last year. You said, oh, my God, Jacob, that's the best point. You've made this whole pod. And then you're about to continue. I mean, honestly, it kind of was. You brought it up <laughs> and you're proving my point right now. But, yeah, you know, we're here in Florida. It's that time of the day. Storms are coming. Power goes out, unfortunately. But yeah, so Kentucky, that's that gives us our fifth loss potentially. So you're already at seven and five. Now I had two little games here that that you know could go either ways. I, I I'll put a third one in there that can go either ways. But really, Missouri, I don't know. I just Missouri shows up every now and then. They just I think you know Florida might be looking ahead to that LSU game type deal just because they know their gauntlet is supposed to start with LSU, Georgia, and AM back to back. Just that's that's all. But then we come off that gauntlet. Here's the third one I'll throw in there. It's with South Carolina. Florida had just lost three straight games. Do I think South Carolina is good? No, not really. Let's be honest. But you just lost three straight games. Some of those could have been disastrous. Where's the team morale going to be at that point? And that's where we find out how good this new coach is for Florida with a win or a loss of this game. But it could go either way. Now at the end of the season, this is where I think it could be a loss. I think Florida State's got a little bit of hope to start building their program back up. 
But if you remember last year, they were both fighting for that six and six spot. I think this year Florida State comes a little bit more motivated. It's at home. They lost it last year. They're at home for Florida State. Got to go up to tally. You're looking at a season where you're fighting for that seventh win right now. If not, you're sixth. I'm going to lean towards Florida State at home for that rivalry game. That's why I think I'm taking the under on Florida for seven wins this year. And not only that, but if you get to that point in the season and all those other games that you mentioned and most of them don't go your way, you might be looking at a situation where you're kind of out of the mindset of winning at that point in the year. And so that might go FSU's way where they're not expected to do anything and they can kind of just happy-go-lucky go win that football game too at the end of the year, celebrate, cap it at home. That, that That's vibes at the end of the year for FSU. But I think an important thing to mention here for UF too is that they're kind of in shambles as well. I mean, last year went as badly and as opposite as they wanted it to go coming off of the prior season where you had Trask and Pitts and they were one of the best teams in the SEC and the expectations where they were and then to go completely opposite of that. And now you're with a new coach, new everything. This is not some, you know, built up program right now. They kind of had to hit the restart button. And so all those games you mentioned right there could not go their way. And that's not a stretch. I'm with you on this bet too, if I got to be honest, because I don't think they're going to lose all those games. You know, will they beat South Carolina? Most likely. Will they beat Missouri? Most likely. But you know, some of those other games, man, I don't see them going in and beating some of those teams that you mentioned. Uh, just... A&M definitely not. You're not going to see them beat that team. Uh, and then list them off again. We've got Utah this weekend. I agree with you. Utah's ranked number seven in the country right now. UF's not even ranked. Um, so I'm with you on that game. UF's yeah, not but then a strong we started football team. Yeah, then we started in October, mid-October, where we play LSU, Georgia, and A&M. Three yeah. weeks in a yeah. row. I think I think in a perfect world, in a good, a good year for Florida, they go eight and four. But then you, but then you have that Kentucky game. I think Kentucky can beat them. I know it's at home for Florida, but I think Kentucky can beat them hey, with that hey. top fifteen win. They can go. Kentucky shows up against Florida, man. They do. No, I, I, I'm with. But what about uh, Tennessee on the road? They're, they're going. That's to what ten- I mean, though. This is this this is to my point. We're looking at let's just say they lose to Kentucky. They're at seven and five. They beat in Kentucky. They're at eight and four. They got two or three games though that they're 50-50. They can go a coin flip and they're they're a new coaching team, new everything. I'm gonna take the the under on that. So they uh, lose I, a couple of those games. Yeah, I, I actually think they'll lose to Tennessee on the road. I, there you go. There's there's a six and six season right there. If we're if we're taking are four teams plus Kentucky to beat them. There's six games lost right there. Chomp, chomp, but, baby. But you got to go. You got to go play Florida State in, in tally this year. Yeah. I just nothing against. I think Florida's got you know they got their grounds to build and everything, but in a perfect world they go eight and four. Yeah, and and you got to do a lot. They got to kind of reverse last year with a new coach in the SEC with all these teams stacked in front of you, and you're playing almost all of them. It just doesn't look good. I'm with you. What, what about your next one? Uh, so that kind of rounds up the futures for okay. a little bit right now. Yeah, we can get through those. I mean, so if you want to go back to some of those games this weekend, I know we kind of talked about LSU and Florida State here in the last few segments. If you want to talk, we can talk about that game here. Uh, uh, which one was that? 
LSU and Florida State this weekend. Yeah, so we got LSU. I think LSU probably wins that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. They're at the spread for that is at four. The last I looked earlier today, I'm taking um I'm taking LSU on that spread. I think you know, I know we kind of stayed away from you know new coaches all all game all, all podcasts for the games. However, this is Brian Kelly. He's got his talent, as I was mentioning earlier. He's had a whole offseason to work. Florida State is 1-0 for the first time since 2016. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't really play anybody last week. Let's be realistic on that. I honestly don't even know how to pronounce the college they played. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But, uh, you know, so um, the Florida State, I just – last few years, you look at them. Ever since Jimbo left, even before Jimbo left, it's – they haven't been there. They've been competing for five, six wins on a regular basis. It's just – not they're consistent in that but they're not consistent at all so i'm going to take lsu i think lsu like i said is going to have a strong year you know maybe seven and five nine and three type where you know we have a little swing type going but i i expect lsu to go into this game having all off season with brian kelly as their new coach and win it by at least a touchdown if not two all righty so we also have cincinnati and arkansas here uh line right now is minus six arkansas cincinnati will be on the road uh, and remember, Cincinnati made the playoffs last year, but they don't have Desmond Ritter anymore. So definitely a different situation with him not there. Do you think Arkansas has this game at home on uh, Saturday, 3.30 ESPN? Well, they also Cincinnati, as you remember, lost some of their secondaries, lost some of the better secondary they had in the corners. But Arkansas, they, they're an SEC team. But last year was really the first year in a little bit where they they didn't just show that they were building they could compete with everyone. So this game is a little bit interesting. I know Arkansas is favored by six. You know, I think I'm going to stay away from the line on this one and go with the over-under type deal with the over-under being at 52 and take the over. Just because Arkansas still needs to prove that they can play and Cincinnati has proved that they can play. So I can see Cincinnati kind of honestly winning this game. But they have a new quarterback. So that's where I'm a little hesitant on it. So I'm going to stay away from the line on this one. Yeah, I mean, when you go from the playoffs to rank 23 going into this year, that's a lot of roster turn, or not really roster turnover in total, just the secondary and a quarterback. Those are some of the most important positions. So we need to make sure that they're kind of at that level that they were last year, close to it, before we trust that they're that Bearcat team from last year. Exactly. Now, if we were looking at week three or four right now for this matchup, and, you know, I got some was able to watch a little bit on both teams. I, I would definitely be probably going to line one way or the other, but I'm, I'm avoiding it just because it's week one. Right. We don't know yet. So we also have, uh, so we already talked about Utah and Florida. The line is minus three in that game. Do you think it's that close? Honestly, no. I think Utah, you know, they have expectations for this season. If Utah is going to live up to those expectations, they usually start off the season kind of strong and then they disappear a few weeks into the season, but I expect Utah to come into this game and, and win this game. I, I, I want Florida to show up and compete. Don't get me wrong. I like when Florida's good just because we live in Florida. It, it keeps it more interesting when you're going out and talking to people, but I, I, I think Utah's going to win that game. Yeah, I'm with you, and they're, they're going to be poised with Oregon, top teams in the Pac-12, and uh, it's going to be a great college football season. We're also next week on the second episode – we're going to be able to preview the NFL. That's where things are going to get uh, spicy when we have both footballs to talk about. That's a lot of games 
uh, per week. And usually for the NFL, uh, we'll go through all of them. I mean, NFL is a lot easier to do that because with college, you have so many games being played that you kind of just got to pick the good ones or the ones that are going to be close. Whereas in the NFL, you know, every week it's going to be the same amount of games and it's easier to pick from that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tight. AFC is tight this year. NFC, I think, is a little... I don't even know if top heavy is the right term for it, but I think they're not as deep as the AFC, if that's a better term. I think there might Mm -hmm. be one or two good teams that miss the playoffs in the NFC, whereas opposed to the AFC, you might have five, six teams that are over 500 missing the playoffs because of how many great quarterbacks are on that side. So we'll get into that a little more next week on that episode. We'll also have a new Strictly Sports episode uh, with CJ, um, maybe Steve Cashin as well. Uh, and Tyler as well, uh, where we're going to preview the NFL season, not betting wise, but just let's go through the AFC North, the NFC North. We'll go through the divisions. We'll give our playoff picks. We'll do all the good stuff. And we'll do that for college football as well. Who's going to win every conference. NHL is coming up in about a month and a half. So we're going to hold off on that stuff for now. Uh, We didn't cover it as much as we would have liked to in the summer. Uh, I was off doing baseball. uh, So we didn't get to do our NHL free agency yearly pod. Uh, But once the season gets closer, Adam, Steve, and I will hop on. We'll do some Strictly Hockey episodes in the near future. Um, And then as far as the Strictly Yankees and the Strictly Rangers episodes go, those pods are going to be kind of morphed into the more sports-focused pods. Uh, We're going to kind of link those in together. And then Strictly Baseball as well, we'll have a new episode uh, this week. Uh, Rory and I will hop on and talk about the wild card races, the division races, everything going on there. My New York Yankees splitting a series against the Oakland Athletics, the worst team in baseball, or one of them. Um, Yeah, so Yankees have been great. And, uh, you know, we could bet baseball, you know, but I know you're not, you know, we can get there, I think, maybe towards playoff time. We'll go more so, but regular season baseball, I've tried it. It has worked for me massively. It has also failed me massively as well. I mean, it's both spectrums where I'm like, hey, I'm getting the Yankees against the Orioles here and I'm going to pick them to win that series. That's easy. And then, then sometimes, Hey, the Arizona diamondbacks might go in and they might beat the Dodgers. And I'm like, are you absolutely kidding me? But that's baseball. So that's why it's tough. Uh, But yeah, that's why like regular season baseball, I don't know if you agree, but it's kind of like, it's a little murky in terms of betting it every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, no disagreements there, but you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I got a football high right now, fantasy football drafting. We got all the yeah. football starting September. I, I'd say let's at least hold off on that until October when we get, you know, playoff baseball because we got the high of football right now. We are. We are definitely on the high of football, so we'll stick to that. And, uh, yeah, so tune into us. You can follow us on social medias on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. You can find us on any podcast platform on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean as well. Uh, Eventually, we're going to get into live streaming on the Podbean channel. We're going to have articles up there, many other things as well. We'll get into that stuff. And uh, yeah, check the link uh, below. You can get links to all the social medias, links to my social media, Tyler's as well. And yeah, you can tune in next week. And that's it for this show. For Tyler Fabian, I am Jacob Brown. Peace out. We'll see you next week. See you guys next week.